This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old Coming to you live from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area at CHN. It's cover to cover. We're doing it for Saturday, August 14th. My name is Matt Bone. And I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and on Zoom to wrap about the week's new comics nerd news movies tv and of course the question of the week live with our listeners like joe just said it's a live show we need you to play along brian domingos was nice of him to jump in already he's got his hand up but we want you to jump in too you can find the link to our zoom chat in our facebook live it's right there in the uh, chat screen over there you can call us 402-819-4894 if you don't like the faces book and i totally understand why you don't i'm sick of it too or you can click our Facebook Call Now button or just chat with us in the Facebook Live chat. Now, if you're in the Zoom and you're hanging with us, chat in the Facebook chat so everybody can see what you're saying. Know what I mean? If you can't call in live, feel free to leave us a message or send an MP3 to twittednerd at gmail.com. But before we get these phone lines open, we like to reset some headlines, if you will. Things that have been bumping around the ziggurat that we want to talk about. And we call this little segment... Nerd news. Nerd news. Yeah, see, that wasn't bad. I've been a little laid back. Yeah, too laid back. I'm apologize. Uh, off the right off the bat, here we're going to be talking about some things that you may or may not want to have spoiled for yourself. It is, of course, the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, Titans season three started this week as well on Thursday. They dropped the first three episodes, uh, and I watched all three. Uh, Star Girl season two started on Tuesday, and of course, the first episode of What If came out on Wednesday. There isn't much to spoil there. It's uh, you know, it's yeah. a what if. Like, Dave, are you into it, or are you not into it? Do you like this cartoon business? Is it for the kiddies? You know, let's talk. Uh, so, just prepare yourself for those topics, and uh, whether or not you want to dip out when those conversations start, if you don't want to get spoiled. Uh, we've got a story here about the Dark Knights of Steel, which is a it's a twelve issue series written by our friend and yours, Tom Taylor. Is it a major Justice League story? No. Is it Tom Taylor getting a crack at the big time, writing those big guns? Mm, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> um, is it yet another version of the DC universe that doesn't really count because it's set in medieval times? <sighs> yes. And Tom Taylor now, loves this stuff. He lo- now he's it looks so excited. Hey, it might be fun. It might be fun. It, it's, it probably will be fun. And I think uh, from a creative point of view, there's probably it's probably very satisfying to get to just flex your muscles like this and completely reinvent the DC world and, and tweak everything. That's probably a lot of fun. I don't particularly care, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, don't. it's, it's just a very, very long elseworlds. And right. I just, and it's, it's just another deceased basically, but this one's in medieval sure, time. Right. And like, look, man, I, I just want Tom Taylor. I want Tom Taylor. Maybe this is what he wants. Maybe he, he wants to write this stuff. He is. He's so and excited about it. And according to those, uh, according to him and the editor, like they've been working on this for a long time. Yeah. He's super fired up. He's way jazzed. Uh, the like, artist is Yasmin Putri. 
And uh, yeah, it's a medieval take on the Justice League, a fantasy fueled limited series titled Dark Knights of Steel. Uh, I don't really feel like I need to go much more into it than but, that. You can imagine what it is. It's just medieval takes on all the characters you know and love, like Harley Quinn, Black care? Lightning, Batman, Superman. That's what I want to know. Do you care when they, when someone creators come in and completely reinvent your hero world? Do you care? Does it do it for you? As long as it's good, is that good enough? You know, like let's talk about that. That's what I'd like to hear. Like I really wish Tom Taylor would get to write more. That's where I'm at. Big time DC stuff, you know. I want him to have a shot at something good and big. Yes, that seemingly matters to the rest of the line. Right. Anyway, it counts. You know, makes it feel like it counts. Uh, we got a news, another story here. You know what? The DC solicits came out uh, this week. I think it was yesterday or the day before, and over half of the items are Batman related. Oh yeah, <laughs> fifty per, fifty plus percent. Uh. We've got a Batman 80th anniversary uh, special coming out, except it's a uh, uh, Batman villains 80th anniversary. Oh, pardon me. Uh, it is specifically the Penguins 80th anniversary. Yes. Uh, yeah. But the, the one shot is called Gotham City Villains. And who is writing a Penguin story? None other than the Penguin himself. Danny DeVito. The definitive penguin. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, that's a, it's, uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I bet he's a, like Danny DeVito. He's a comedian. He's an actor. He's I would like, very funny those guys guy. are always writers, yeah. right? It'll be, it'll be fun to see. And I'm sure it'll be revisiting the, uh, Batman returns version because really what and other version does he know? And unfortunately we just blew off all our, our, you know, uh, what I'm trying to say, uh, famous people writing, comic books fireworks a couple weeks ago on the cosmic long box uh, yeah gosh sorry danny <laughs> we you missed, missed your this window. one damn it and i really you don't want to revisit window. that i don't want to revisit that one <laughs> so I, i'll tell you this i would i would read this entire 80 page giant just to read that six page dana devito story rather than read menace again <laughs> yes it was terrible uh who well, is the artist of the dana devito story Sad news while Joe looks that up. Sad news this week, guys. We lost a friend. It was someone that was very close to all of our hearts a million years ago. You may not remember him. His name was Wizard World, and he had a cute little uh -huh. convention, unfortunately. And you may not have known this. I thought it was dead years ago. No, 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 no. It's not that it was canceled. Uh, by the way, over. the artist of Danny DeVito's story was not specified. So get, get excited, guys. It's, it's by TBD. Get fired up. Uh, Danny, De uh, Danny DeVito. Um, Wizard World was not canceled. Wizard World sold its entire convention business. Oh, and they bought it. <laughs> Is it worth something? Do people still go to Wizard World? I mean, obviously, pandemic notwithstanding but like before that i didn't even know wizard world was still a thing i had no clue it was indeed still a thing and they had them all over the country and this w deal was for six different wizard world conventions chicago philly new orleans portland and st louis i had no idea did not uh, you may have you may realize that i only named five uh even though it says six they only listed five <laughs> uh <laughs> Chicago, Philly, New Orleans, Portland State. Yep, that's five. I like how you had to count on your hands. So that's cool. well, I just wanted to double check. <laughs> um, so, but Fan Expo, you know, Fan Expo HQ is like, you know, it's right up there with Reed Pop, right? It's like they're big time. Yeah. If you can, if you can name three convention organizers, one of them is Comic Con International. Right. One of them is maybe Wizard World. The third one is Reed Pop. But if you have to name four, it's probably gonna be Fan Expo. <laughs> 
Fair enough. Um, so yeah, Fan Expo bought all of these conventions. Um, I, I mean, Wiz- Wizard as an entity has been limping along for since the closure of the magazine, right? Yeah, like in an iron lung, not even limping along. Like <laughs> now, to be fair, you and I have not attended a Wizard convention in a decade or more at least more than 15 years yes um but they they have continued uh, obviously all over the nation and i don't really know what the um modern turnout has been for these events no clue um there is going to be one last hurrah wizard world chicago uh takes place in october 15th through 17th of this year maybe uh will go on as planned pandemic uh willing yeah. uh, i'm calling it right now probably not yeah so we'll we will see we will see um fan expo is planning on uh really taking these over and making them their own in 2022 if you're a wizard world junkie if you're a big fan of the wizard world uh, brand and you like to those wizard world i mean i nobody goes to a convention just because it's a fill in the blank brand convention, right? No, but like, wizard world tried to sell it like that. They were like, yeah, this is a wizard world one, right? Like, come on. It wasn't like comic-con Orlando or something. Or, well, you know, yeah. Like, but you I know. mean, I get, I, I like wizard wizard is a brand. I get it. Right. But you know, if you're going to go to a con, if you're going to go to a con, you're going to go to a con because you want to be at that con sure. because somebody you like is there. Not necessarily because I'm a huge fan of wizard. Did I'm, any, a, real, I'm a real I'm, big Garib Seamus. So here's the question here. Have any of you attended a Wizard World convention in the last 10 years? Are we wrong? Are we missing out? Are they cool? We'd love to hear about it. Now, let's I mean, move on comic to conventions. What are you gonna the do? worst thing that's ever happened to a character in the history of comics, Joe Patrick. Yeah, that's right, buddy. Oh, my uh, God. So there, there have been some developments in the Tim Drake world. And for those of you that haven't been paying attention, uh, in Batman Urban Legends number six, which came out this week. Yeah, it was this week. Yes. But because uh, it was in the pages of Urban Legends, we don't know if it's true. And Snopes yeah, is we're looking waiting, into we're it. We're waiting for Snopes to fact Yeah, to, wait, this to needs to be fact-checked check because it. it is in the pages uh, of Urban Legends. These are the jokes, folks. Uh, but yes, uh, Tim Drake, uh, it, basically it's come down to Tim Drake is probably bisexual. He probably identifies as bisexual or he's figuring it out. He's at least bi-curious. He, he's on the queer... Uh, bi- what does that mean? How, how is that different? I mean, he's uh, investigating. He doesn't know yet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he might, he might just be experimenting. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Um, but uh, Tim Drake, yeah, he, his old friend, Bernard, 90s Robin Heads will know Bernard. Uh, he made a comeback in this storyline that has been uh, carrying through the series for the last couple issues. And at the end, Bernard asks Tim out on a date and Tim is like, you know what? Yeah, I think I do. I think I do want to go out on a date with you, Bernard. And so, yeah, the internet exploded. Uh, people are crying in the streets. Uh, the wretched, uh, wretched fan babies are crying. their right. salty tears because flooding it, the DC offices. If there's one thing that we could always count on in a Tim Drake story, it was the raw macho heterosexuality <laughs> right, that, right. that yeah, came exactly. through in that Robin costume. Like, but you know? Tim dated, yeah. but he dated a girl. Yes. <laughs> That's how it works for you guys. Uh, my favorite thing is like the people is people online. You, you know, the people sure. and they're out, they're out there like DC's just got to make a guy gay. Bleh. And everybody on the internet is like, you know, that, people come to terms with their sexuality at all different t- stages of their life, right? It's not just like they immediately out of the womb know that they're bisexual. Well, you're pretending like comic book characters are people, okay? Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, that's your that's problem. True. That's Come on, you know, 
Use your brain. Uh, but you know, so so, but not only not only did this happen, but breaking news, a, a slight spoiler for Titan season three. I didn't see anybody talking about it. Nobody said shit about it. I don't know if anybody's Titan- watching it. <laughs> uh, oh no, a lot like uh, lots of people were tweeting about Titans, but I mean, nobody mentioned the fact that Tim Drake is uh, introduced. In the first episode of Titans season three, they're doing the Red Hood storyline. Yep. Spoilers is Jason Todd. Um, in case you didn't know that. Uh, and Tim Drake is half black, half Asian. And I cackled at my TV screen so they, for a good 15 minutes. I was like, I can't believe they pulled it off twice week, in one week. The WB made Tim gay and multiracial. Are and you bl- kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it, I'm like, I'm so giddy that these people have to deal like they have to feel their feelings about this trivial it's not trivial but you know what i mean like these these are comic book characters we're talking about here and you are sitting in your basement going he's gotta be gay and black well i mean okay let's keep in mind it's a tough time for a lot of these upset man babies and let's call them what they are hey man Um, it's hard to be a white dude these days They just went through a whole thing with you know snyder and they thought wb had their back and was on their side 100 and then the wb went oh those that fandom's really gross and we don't want to be a part of that no (laughs) yeah it's true that rug right out the water them you know I, i think it's wonderful i was like you know what i i wish that tim drake had showed up in a dress i wish he had been in like a full in full regalia you know, I, I would have just been like so pleased yeah, at it, I mean, Warner Brothers going, you know what? Fuck you guys. Right. And you know, Tim Drake's sexuality or race for a matter really doesn't bother me at all. If they want to mess with it on TV no. or they want to, you know, change his sexuality in comic books. It literally does nothing but make the character maybe a little more interesting. Sure. You know? like, and, and, and hey, you know what? Tim in the comics being bisexual does not discount his long uh, his long uh, loving relationship with spoiler, which ended bar- badly. Right. By the way, in case you guys haven't been reading the comics, and if anyone is, they are like, not. Ooh. They are not in a good place. You got a girlfriend once. Okay. Well, you probably maybe you're married. Was that the only person you ever dated? You know, like, and when you got married, did it discount every relationship you ever had? No. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just uh, like, like if, <laughs> I think it's much more offensive that when Bendis did it with Iceman. Instead of just having a storyline, a very thoughtful storyline where the adult Iceman goes to the teen Iceman right. from the past and goes, hey, I want you to know I know what you're going through right now, and it's okay. Yeah. Instead of doing that, instead, they had Gene Gray read his mind and then out him. And then they had to make him forget because they had to go back to the past with their knowledge of the future erased. Oh, so they had right. to shove him back into the closet. I forgot about that. They sent him back home. I forgot about As, that. Oh, that's like so much worse. It's so much more <laughs> offensive than making a character uh, queer. So that's let's so- talk about it. Do you, are you upset? Do you care at all? I'd like to hear about it. Let's talk. Yeah. But let's move uh, on to like the big story, the big right. weird thing that's going on now. Suddenly we have a new player in the comic yeah. book world. Uh, so there are a million billion stories about this and I'm not going to try to read any of them. Uh, I'm just going to sum it up and I'm going to read you a list of creators. There is a, a, an ongoing exodus of comic book creators to a, uh, a publishing platform called Substack. Uh, what is Substack? Substack is a newsletter platform. Yep. It's like MailChimp. Sort of. <laughs> for newsletters. Yeah. Um, 
And it's basically like if you get a if you get a newsletter from James Tinian the Four, it's managed through Substack, right? Sure. Substack has decided that there is money in comics and that there's value in these creators and their voices, which is great. And they are throwing these people big money. But it's not just comics. I, it's it's a lot of different. They're, they're well, going after, Substack is an existing platform, right. so it's not just com- – yeah, yeah, no. But I'm uh, saying they're going after and, experts and, in lots of different but, fields to get them on Substack and directly paying them to be on Substack and do Right. This. And and so, right, uh, basically it's like grants, right? It's like they're getting these grants uh, to come and do this creative work and have it be published through – the Substack platform to their subscribers directly. So it's direct to subscriber. Everybody's got a different way of doing it. You know, like James Tinian, uh, for example, if you get the newsletter, you get access to the comics. You get it for free. Like you get the newsletter, you get them. Yeah. But there's also, there are different levels of paid tiers, very much like a Patreon, where uh, paying in to these subscription models will get you access to like exclusive content. Right. Um, you know, uh, maybe like Q and a sessions, and sometimes you know, like script to work printed, you know, versions and stuff like that. It, it's very Kickstarter meets Patreon in a newsletter yeah. sort of format. And, that you and so it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting deal. And, uh, whether or not you think it's worth paying for, you'll have to, you'll have to examine what each creator is offering. Cause like I said, everybody's offering something different, but right. here's the list so far. James Tinney in the four. Nick Spencer, Jonathan Hickman, Scott Snyder, Ram V, Molly Ostertag, Saladin Ahmed, Scotty Young, and Chip Zdarsky. That's so many people. That's a lot. Big names. And like in the case, I don't know if they're all like, I didn't, I never heard anything about Jonathan Hickman saying I'm done with Marvel, but he is James not. Tinian is quitting. James Tinian, the four is like, has quit Batman. Yeah. And he came right out and said, this is the largest contract I've ever been offered. And I can afford to live on this. So yeah, D, uh, DC uh, DC came to him and was like, "It's time to renew your exclusive contract." And Substack was like, "Not so fast." And Substack won. But I don't think Substack is is telling any of these people they have to be exclusive. I think no, no, no. Uh, but you know, like James uh, Tinian has made the decision like he wants to put his focus on yeah. creator owned work He's on his own creator owned work. He's all in, and I, you know, that's very very cool. Where Substack gets tricky is that Substack, like you said, is a large platform and it's not just about comics. Also featured on the Substack platform are a number of uh, very virulently anti-trans, uh, anti-LGBTQ, ultra-conservative pundits, I right. guess. And, and these aren't comics people necessarily. No. These are like uh, TV people, writers, uh, novelists, that sort of thing. Well, and, and this is where it gets tricky because we know that Substack is reaching out to comic professionals and paying them. We know that they have also reached out to some political bloggers and they are paying them. We don't know if they're also reaching out to popular trolls and paying them to get their audiences. Right. Uh, And and, they're being, they're not being very transparent about that either. And uh, look, I'm not going to say that these trolls can't say what they're saying. They're allowed to do that. And if Substack says we're going to be nihilistic about that, that is also their business, but they won't say if they're paying these assholes or not. And yeah, you know, and this is, is something the, we can get into if somebody wants to talk about it on a on a deeper level. But uh, Tinian Tinian in his most recent newsletter from yesterday addressed these concerns, which immediately 
came out, it came to light. Like this announcement was made and lots of people online were like, what are you kidding me? What about this? Yeah. And now Tinian has said, well, look, here's the deal. Yes, they provide a platform for these bigots, but they also provide a platform, a paid platform for a number of pro LGBTQ voices. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing that you would find on uh, Facebook, Twitter, a lot. Like, it's true. It, but I don't know if I buy that as a legitimate justification because I, I mean I think whether Twitter or not, Twitter's not paying Twitter's not paying Piers Morgan that's the issue. shit yes that's the issue it's it if they want to be there and like I said the platform is wants to say hey that's their rules as long as they don't violate any terms of you know their conditions saying you know maybe inciting violence or something they can be here are you paying them are you paying these trolls to be there because that right that says we want this content Right. You know, and whether you support it or not, you want it and you're inviting it. And that's what we need to know. Uh, so that there's that to talk about as well. That's probably the biggest story of the week. If you guys have thoughts on that, we want to hear them. Are any of you guys going to do it? Are, I mean, and regardless, if you don't want to talk about that aspect of it all, fine. Is anyone interested in this? Like, do you guys? Yeah, how do you feel cool? about getting your comics through a newsletter? Right. They'll probably be PDFs, right? Yeah. And I guess. I, I assume they'll come as attachments of, of some sort because there's there's nobody's going to be like you have to read this in your email. Yeah, that's if, dumb. If they're not NFTs, I'm not interested. That's where I'm at. So let's <laughs> reset the question of the week real quick, and then let's open these damn phone lines. We talk. I about only them. want comics if they come in the form of a Flickr slideshow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you Give can't. Me a, a link can't to your Flickr it. account. It's a timed Flickr. I can't affect it. It just decides. All right, you're done. Yeah, next no, it's auto scrolling. <laughs> auto scrolling. I'll get out. This week's question came from Wooly Toots, our good friend Wooly Toots. He wants you to name a former comic creator that deserves more recognition for their work in the industry. Now, we're not talking about somebody that's necessarily passed on, but somebody that has retired from comics or at least retired enough from comics that you hardly ever see their name on. Right. Stuff. So, yeah, like, don't don't come at me and saying, oh, I wish Jack Kirby got more. Yeah, okay, we get it. Uh... But somebody that you think deserved more credit for the things they contributed to comics during their time. There. Unsung heroes, what we want to hear about. Unsung heroes, that's a great way to put it, and I wish I'd thought of it. Speaking of unsung heroes, Mr. Brian Domingos. Hey now, guys. Good morning, hey Brian. Now. How you been, buddy? Good, what's going on? Rapping about comics. What you want to rap about? Um, I have a short list. Um, the uh, Tim Drake uh, comic announcement um, immediately had like a mixed feeling because I feel like the Tim Drake character has been in like this weird disarray since the new 52. Oh, certainly. They've had, you know no what I mean? Idea oh yeah. Been. 100%. Yeah. And it's like, like I, like he, the first one, like one of the first Batman comics I bought off the shelves was it's the one, it's the Travis Shere one with him and, uh, Asriel on the cover. It's mm -hmm. like a, oh, you know, yes, I it's, it's oh amazing. I, it, it, I mean, they're way up in the sky. It makes no sense because there's no buildings nearby, but Doesn't it's matter. like this beautiful, cool looking thing where I was like, I need that. So like, I've, I've had like a real connection to him and I read all, you know, the, the, um, Chuck Dixon, which is funny now he's by and it's like, Oh, it's in the material. It's like, did you read the Chuck Dixon comics? Cause it definitely is not. Um, but <laughs> you, we get up to the new 52 stuff and it's been like, chaos like everything about has been chaos and i did not love the interpretation of him in the the 
what, what do they call that? Uh, the rebirth era where he was like, oh, he's a master strategist. Like, eh, yeah. I don't know. Like, no, he was like, re- he just was like really good, right? He was, he was smart. He was capable. He was clever, but he wasn't like a tactical genius. Like that was never his thing. No, so he was more, um, he was a detective. I, I always thought he kind of thing. got that wrong. Yeah, um, he was a detective. That was a, like he yeah, discovered. That's what, I, that's what Batman, I like as well. He discovered yeah. Batman was Bruce Wayne because he was so smart. Right. He's not like a human computer, which is no. kind of how they wrote him a little bit of like, you know, he's thought yeah. of everything. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, that's not really his thing. Um, so then we get to this week and I go, okay, like, it's still not like, I don't care one way or the other about his, you know, his fictional <laughs> um, persona. Right. But I just feel like, I don't know if, I don't know that it, it, it fits exactly, but it's been different for 10 years. So, okay. Like, all right. You know, like we finally got Wally West back to like normal after 10 years. So, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, God. you know, it's, it just takes a long time. It's hard when, you know, it's like you read these characters for so long and they, they just, they, they've been under this new, um, just new regimes and they change. And so, sure. um, I mean, I liked him. I like his, I've liked some of his appearances recently. Some of them have not made a lot of sense. Um, and, and actually I thought the circling, the kind of the circling of the drain with him and spoiler was real, like fan fiction. Yeah. Um, you know, like they've been doing that. They, it was all through young justice and all that stuff through detective comics where it's like, they don't work together. Right. And I know you love them together. You ship them or whatever dumb, stupid Tumblr term you have, but it doesn't work. And so we, can we move? And so if this is a move forward, like, sure. I'm, I, I don't want to see spoiler again. Cause as everyone knows, she's the worst Robin. So, right. um, I am in Batgirl. So I'm, I'm moving forward. Um, so, um, I mean, the art was good in the, uh, the, the urban legends issue. So there will be more, I'm sure. So urban the, legends uh, has turned out to be like a pretty fun series. I'm totally digging it. And when it first showed up, I was just like, I don't care more Batman, really more Batman. And then it turns out like, well, this kind of focuses on all this other, you know, Bat it's stuff ba- it's like a Batman. Bat- it's basically Batman family, right? Yeah, it's more or yeah. less. It's there. Well, it's like an anthology series, but yeah. without telling. But it's it's like here's a Batman story, and then actually a full issue of Grifter, and a you know a full right. ongoing story about Katana, and like you don't really you see Batman on the cover, and like or it was red. It was like a Red Hood story, and then you realize five issues later, like oh, you've read a lot of content that, that if it had been a mini series, it would have been canceled at issue three. Yeah, definitely. so. It's, I think it's a good, like, Trojan horse way to get th- things through. I just think the title um, is stupid. And there's no reason why I can't just be like, you know, you, now we can't call them Batman family books anymore because people be like, oh, that's dumb. What is well, that's, yeah, I mean, you kind of got to trick like, people. So they, they it's like, the, the title doesn't matter. Just trick them. And, you know, we you, got Zealot versus Wonder Woman in an issue. Like, right. Sure. Come on. Yeah, yeah. That would not have happened anywhere. No, definitely. Um, but if you call it Urban Legends, Legends have a Z in the end and it should all be underground dance fighting, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, so. I mean, if the font is not spray paint font, I don't <laughs> right. want to read it. Right. You know? Um, yeah. <laughs> like- um, as for this uh, Substack stuff, I think. Um, it feels like unbelievably like flash in the pan, short-sighted. It really and does. I, right. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it feels like the ultimate gimmick and it's like, Oh, these are digital comics. It's like, I don't want your digital comics. And yeah. And they're probably going to end up in print at like boom or something like that. Like, or, or dark horse was doing all the comicsology um, stories. The, it, Scott Snyder like, ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did like the chip Sadarsky one that won the eyes are like they dark right. horse reprinted that as like a graphic novel. So, It'll be weird to see how that um, shakes out based on their contracts. Like 
is this exclusive to this platform for ever for a year or not at all? You know, like it, nobody really knows how it's going to work. And, and I heard someone calling it the democratization of comics. And I don't agree with that at all. I think we already have that in Kickstarter, which directly shows people are interested in this project because the, they put money into it. The know? democratization? Yes, where the people decide what comics will come out, more or less. Okay. Which we yeah, already I mean, have, and except, that's Kickstarter. You know, venture capitalists are funding it on the back end, so... Right yeah, now. right. Yeah, yeah, I mean... More like the commoditization. Yeah, yes, and that's why I don't agree with like, that statement. I'm always I'm in favor of creators getting paid. Like, I love it. Yeah. I think they... they sure. you know, I, you know, as, you know, I think this story up against that story of like Marvel doesn't pay people for their story ideas yeah. and their billion dollar movies is like the perfect storm of like a plus B equals explosion. Yes. Like people are grouchy about that. And I totally understand. And this idea that like, um, they're going to go, it's like Scott Snyder's going to go and do all these things. And it's like, okay, I don't like your comics that much anymore. And he announced all those comicsology books and like, there's like eight of them. And the, all of them, I was like, all right, you know, I don't know. I didn't care about witches. I don't yeah. like Nocturna. Like Nocturna is pretty I, fun. I like Nocturna, but I will say, just, I don't blame any of these creators for taking the money. I don't. Cause if you're a comic creator and you're trying to live, it's very, very difficult. And even if you are a James Tinian level, you know, creator who's working on a Batman book, he came right out and said, and I'm doing this because it allows me to cre create my own stuff and I'm being paid better than I ever have. None of these people that are involved with, like, I, it's one thing if you write Squirrel Girl or Howard the Duck or, you know, Speedball. It, it's another thing if you write uh, somebody that's uh, from a billion dollar franchise, like these guys should be raking in the dough. But well, for sure. But he came right out and said, I'm writing Batman and these people are offering me more money to write my own stuff. Yes, they are offering him a better deal to focus on his own work that he owns 100%. And right. that's, you know, it's, but, but that's also not all about the money. Yeah, like it, we don't know the, the financial part of it. We, we know that it's probably like, it's probably a better deal financially for him in the long run in the term, in the sense that not only is he getting paid, but he also isn't giving up ownership. True. And yeah. so yeah, I mean, yes, take the, take the money and run 100%. Yeah, but, I get it, man. Uh, you know, it, you're, you're going to have all of the controversy aside with Substack, you're going to have to work about four times as hard to get me to uh, even remember. Right. Yeah. To look for your comic. That's just it. Like my email is already a fucking graveyard. And yeah. I, I'm, it's like, oh, it's new comic Substack Wednesday. You know, I got time to check my email. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to like, you know, download that to a form, you know, the, yeah. the device you want. And like, like I, he, he was doing that. Um, is it called like razor blades or razor, razor line or something? And it's like a, like a Ra horror razor magazine. line was the Clive Barker imprint at, uh, yeah, Marvel. At Marvel. Yeah. There, <laughs> we got Ecto some, kid. It's some, but it's something like this. Maybe it's free. Yeah, no, I don't know. You're, you're, yeah. You're right. You're right. Though. It's him and like Ram V and they're doing like horror stories. And yeah. like, I like, I just literally would never remember, you know, like, it's like, I got to sit down. I got to go do like, I got to pay yeah. like a couple bucks for it. Like, and it was cheap. That was but my I think, problem. Web comics was the same thing. Like you can't yeah, keep up. There's so many. I just forget. 
Yeah. Well, like and, the, and this is all, yeah. this is all an us problem. Right. And right. that's, you know, right. that's our own failing, uh, failing. Well, in yeah, but we're all people who read, you know, yeah, it, serial comics. So it's like, yeah, right. Like, we, who, we are the audience. At, right. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, it is true. Like, you know, like, we can't seem to get it together, but it's like, and, and yeah, but I, and I realized that like at, at doing this show that uh, my, the way that I engage with new comics is different than most, but I can't even be bothered to keep up with the things that I like that come out from the big two. Yeah. And yeah. And maybe that's why we're saying this feels so flash in the pan, but I don't see us talking about Substack in five years. I just don't. I don't think it's going to be a thing in two years. Like maybe, after this, like, maybe you know, not. like, is this going to be 2024 and, and you know, yeah, the movie made on based on the the you know the creator own book that that Chip Zdarsky did at Substack. Like, right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, once and also yeah. once the people who own Substack sell it to somebody else, like right. I don't know, to or the people that own Substack, like, you know, what, <laughs> look and they go, what, what is the, what is our you know investment? What I mean? Like, what's the kickback <laughs> we're getting on these comics? Because I mean, quite honestly, comics don't sell a whole lot. I mean, they, they sell what they sell and make some money, but Substack is a tech company that is going yeah. to open an IPO and they're going to be publicly owned and they want to make a bunch of money on that. And if they look and they go, how much did we pay these comics assholes? <laughs> and, right. and they're not, well, it's, like, well, and it's like what happened with AT&T and, and, and DC comics, exactly. you know, like it's that. Oh, yeah. AT&T exactly. was like, we don't have any idea what to do with this. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, wait, how much does this cost us? It's right. like, yeah, it costs a lot of money, but you also occasionally get a movie that makes a lot of money yeah. like or cartoons or like i don't yeah. know i right. it seems very like i don't know it's like it's on boggle it's like what's well, on what what is this thing it's like it's a new service you need to have it's like i don't know i mean i know i'm old like, what are we talking about yeah like brian we, you know, we gotta yeah. keep moving here man because there's a bunch of people that want to get in but it is good to talk to you always yeah later guys bye brian jd gotta catch where are you buddy i am right here hello how there are you he is. this morning uh, real, real quick, JD. Uh, real quick, JD. One, I had, I had one last thought about um, Substack that I wanted to get out. Just yes. put it out in the ether. Aside from everything else we already discussed, like the problem with like even remembering it exists. I don't know if I like any creator enough to sign up for a monthly commitment uh, where I am paying them X amount a, a month yeah. for for content, uh, especially when it's like per creator right you know what i mean it's it, like uh, i don't know i i mean i maybe it's splitting hairs maybe it's the same thing with 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 regular floppy comics but it's not though like if i choose not to buy x-men this month i don't have to buy x-men yeah no i don't i i agree i don't i don't think you're wrong and i think it's like they're almost like looking at it like a professional sports model like if you're a cubs fan you're just gonna watch the cubs every year right well Sure, because you like a team, but just because I'm an X-Men fan doesn't mean I'm going to say I want everything that Jonathan Hickman does and I'm willing to pay X a month to see the stuff that is not the X-Men that he's doing. You know, that's yeah. that's where it comes in. I don't quite get it. JD, what do you want to wrap about? Uh, well, I'll touch on the, the Substack stuff for just a little bit because I do actually subscribe to a couple Substack uh, newsletters. Um, I follow Chip Zdarsky and Michael Rosenberg and, or Matt Rosen, Matthew Rosenberg and of course, Kelly Thompson. Um, so the platform is fascinating to me in that aspect. Um, as far as the problematic elements of it, it's a wide platform that is kind of, I don't know, equitable towards everyone. And I would say if your problem with, 
getting comics on Substack because they also have creators that are problematic. Stop getting DC comics, stop getting Marvel comics right. because they've got creators like Chuck Dixon and, you know, Howard Chaikin and, and, uh, Ethan Van Skyver. Definitely. There's a, there's a line. Yeah. And it, I agree with that too. I don't like that anyone is saying anything bad about, you know, anyone is spotting transphobic or anti-gay, lesbian, queer, whatever. It's bad. But if yeah. that's your problem, there's a problem with creators everywhere. At yeah. every, on any Yes, you know. but you also, welcome to America. You can choose to. Right. Like saying it's a problem everywhere. Like, yeah, I get it. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism, right? right. But, right. you know, but just, but, but saying, well, everywhere I look, it's the same assholes. Sure. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. No, no, no. I'm, I, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying what Matt is. I'm addressing what Matt is, is saying about the like. There's, there's assholes every on every platform. It's like yes, but I don't have to engage with a platform if I find it especially egregious. No, you don't. That's yeah. that's absolutely your choice. But, but with the Substack thing, I think it's, I think it's a false equivalency to say, well, I'm not going to go to Substack because they support, you know, these people. They're supporting people of different mediums, different content, different products right whereas dc is all comics and they still give ethan van skyper work yeah that's you know you're talking that's same absolutely product, true. medium the same the same you know collaborations so i i think i i think basically what i'm saying is that substack supporting care people of differing walks of life and differing ethics is a it's a, it's a false flag. It's just saying they're looking for problems for this product, for this product. I see JD. I don't know. So if, if Substack is a platform that uh, you as a content creator pay to use, right? Like you pay Substack to organize and manage your, yeah. uh, your whatever. That's one thing, right? Taking taking money and content from people from all walks of life is one thing. Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, Breitbart or Graham Lynham or one of these other like super right-wing anti-LGBTQ assholes or anti-trans or turf yeah. people and saying, we want your content that's, on our yeah, platform. That is Here is a big bag of cash. But I think what JD is saying, how is that any different than reprinting Ethan Van Skyver comics at DC? Well, also, that's true. Also, yeah, that is fair. As long as, as long as Substack is also going to pro-trans, pro-LGBT, pro-progressive, and also backing them the same fucking bag of cash. Yeah. It's equitable. I, yeah, I... So I guess my point is, is that is something that you are going to have to have your own personal dark night of the of soul about, of course, you know what I mean? Right. And it's, it's like matter- you like, cause I totally agree with what you're saying. Like they are actively seeking out voices of people of color, people of different gender identities, people of different sexualities. Like, yes, that is true. Um, is it any different than DC reprinting Ethan Van Skyver? Maybe, maybe not. Is Ethan Van Skyver getting new work from DC? No. That, that's that's also true. But uh, did DC spend years protecting a, a known sexual predator in their editorial office? Yeah. Yes. So, Dark like, Horse yeah, did it's the same true. Thing, like, things are, bad yeah. all, things are bad all over. Yes, that is true. That's true. And it's hard. It's a hard I'm decision. Saying, I'm not even saying bad. Substack, the thing with Substack is, is if we ban these new platforms because they happen to 
have creators or have people on them that we don't like. And, but they're not exclusively those people. It's a, all I'm saying, is, and I don't know enough about Substack to really speak much more on this, but I'm just saying it's a slippery slope to making everything an echo chamber. I don't disagree. Let's get back to talking about comics, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not you're not wrong, JD. Yeah. And the 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 bottom the bottom line is, and and my my own like final thought on the whole deal is that you have to decide for yourself whether or not you think it is worthwhile. Agreed. You know whether you have a moral compunction with with doing so. Agreed. But tabled. Yeah. Let's talk comics. All right. Yeah. I'm sick of this serious <laughs> shit. Did you watch What If? No, I didn't watch What If, but I did watch Suicide Squad. Okay, let's talk about Suicide right. Squad for a minute. It was fun. It was fun. Um, I will say that uh, I want to reach out to Jason Sachs because I really want to who the hell is that guy on Bloodsport. Ooh, fair enough. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I'm going to talk about Bloodsport next week. Yes. Okay, because yeah. right now I'm just referring to him as not Deadshot. Yes, exactly. I mean, in fact, is, I think I made a, I made a vague, I, I made a kind of similar comment uh, last week on the show. He is not no, Deadshot. I just, that, I just called it that all the way through the through the whole movie. It's just, oh, hey, it's not Deadshot. It's so, not is Deadshot. It a, do you right. think it was a mistake to just not recast Idris Elba as Deadshot? Kind of, I think so. Maybe I think Although, it's, it's weird, I, but I also don't have was, a problem with it. You know. Yeah, there was, there was a little I mean, stick to his character. I mean, as far as the see, I know zero about Bloodshot or about Bloodsport. I don't think there's a whole lot I to know. know about him. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I don't know how accurate like the whole costume is because he's got like this not weird like accurate, not accurate. Xenobite mask. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. So the bottom half is like a skull jaw or something. Yeah, like Bloodsport um, was like a dude with a do rag on, <laughs> basically. Right, he wears a do rag that cover that uh, that covers his eyes and nose as though it were a mask. Yeah. Uh, like a I, I like, like a did random like did. The, uh, I, I did like all of his like like gadget weapons that kind of morphed out of his costume. Yeah, like that's the that's the number one thing about Bloodsport is that Bloodsport makes weapons appear where there are no weapons. And uh, so like that's you, you, you've got a vi like in the comics, it, it's teleportation, right? He's got like a device that right. teleports weapons into his hand from a vast arsenal somewhere else. And in the comics like the or in the movie, they were like, it's nanotech. He's got it all strapped to his belt and he puts it together and it assembles like Legos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. I mean, it was a cool visual. Um, Lego assassin. <laughs> but in but yeah, Deadshot. Deadshot. Pardon me. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. <laughs> in the movie. In the movie. Dead blood. It's like it's it, like he is a different character in name and gimmick only. Right. Uh, not even that much gimmick. <laughs> not even that much gimmick. In yeah. fact, like there's a joke. Right. There's the there's that joke in the movie about like he was trained by his father to be a weapon. Yeah. And you know, blah blah blah, and it's like that's exactly what I do. And then John Cena's like, "Yeah, but I do it better." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, smaller bullets, bro. Fly through your uh, bullet holes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, so Idris uh, uh, Bloodsport in the movie, it's like, oh yeah, he's a bad dad, and his daughter's a strange. Yeah, they did that daddy daughter shit with yeah. blood with Deadshot in the first one. Yeah, that and that that was sort of like where I was at. Like, did they just say, "Nah, Squawket, he's a different character," but we're gonna keep all that stuff? It's kind of a weird choice. I, I, I mean, I think they wanted to. I think they really did kind of want the Suicide Squad to be as close to a reboot as you could get, while also featuring some of the same characters. Yeah, and I think yeah. they ran into a real problem with that. And part of it was like, look, we pay attention to this stuff, so we know. James Gunn directed Guardians of the Galaxy. This movie's going to be great. 
James Gunn is not necessarily the household name outside of nerd nerddom that a lot of other directors are. So when they said Suicide Squad, it's back. A lot of people went, well, the first movie sucked. So no. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't care <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i will say that uh, margot robbie is swiftly positioning herself to be her she is to harley what ryan reynolds is to deadpool yeah for and sure i i, I agree 100 her in this i think yeah. this was the oh, yeah. best use of harley they have done yet uh-huh. and i loved it uh that can we scene, uh, that fight scene in the hall with the gates oh my god and, yeah right where it's suddenly it's wife, exploding like, into flowers and stuff yeah oh. oh no right before that there was a bit that my wife and i both commented on it's like this is the most realistic bit of action i've ever seen because very few people understand how strong tool is <laughs> that fabric from the dress <laughs> right yes that's just indestructible yeah. So that would have totally, that totally flew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one other thing I want to talk about. Uh, and it's, uh, I just wanted to give a recommendation for a book without pictures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was happened occasionally. Uh, as you guys know, I'm a big uh, Harry Dresden fan, mm-hmm. Dresden Files, Urban Fantasy. And so there's a series of books by Craig Schaefer uh, called Daniel Faust that I just highly suggest anybody who likes the Dresden Files, that type of book. Check him out. Uh, nice. I described the character as a cross between uh, John Constantine and Danny Ocean. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. I we'll love it. it out. I love it already. Good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah. Bye, JD. Harv. Uh, Jonathan Galliano in the comments. Welcome aboard, Jonathan. What did you guys think about the Why the Last Man trailer? I'm excited. It looks like it's going to do exactly what we hoped it would do. And I, I mean, if it took this long to get it right, fine with that. I think it looks awesome. I think it looks totally awesome. I think it looks awesome too. And I'm yeah, so agree. happy it's not a movie. Do it as a series. Thank you. It, can't, it doesn't work as a movie. No, you Holy can't cow. do it. Ugh. And they're oh, we'll just make three movies. Out. No, stop that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Harv, how are you? You see, mentioned you watched What If. How do you feel? What it do, Harv? Um, you know, hey, how's it going? Uh, first of all, I, I see I'm kind of iffy about it. Really? Yeah. He's what iffy, you might say. Expound. Yeah. All right. Well, first of all, I like the art, but I don't like the way their mouths move. It's very uncanny valley to me. I don't you know, disagree. I did. I actually did see that criticism that the animation was incredibly fluid, but when they were just standing around talking, it looked a little weird. It does, and and I agree. It's that uncanny valley thing where it's like it's matched. It's not like the voices are off, but there's right. something about it. But they just don't quite I, close. They just don't. Yeah. I mean, they. <laughs> kind of have like a sex doll feel to them. Yeah. I also wonder if something, I wonder if having them look so much like the actual cast has something to do uh, with that's it. That's absolutely part of it. Like they maybe were... our brains are trying to make a connection yes. that can't be made because it's animation. That is the definition yeah. of the uncanny valley, right? There. Yeah, right. Especially, exactly. Especially when most of the people have their original, you know, character cast voices. Most. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Some of them don't. And so you're like always on the fence. You're like, is that really or is that not? Right. Now, I will say the animation that said, I mean, the talking got a little weird. The animation was stunning. Absolutely. I thought the the quality of the animation was breathtaking. Yeah, Especially the light work that they did with it. You know, and now I'm at a point where I'm like, all right, adapt everything. Fuck it, you know. <laughs> adapt everything. Sure, go right. full DC. You know what? I, I right. kind of thought, thought that when the Incredibles came out, right? When the first Incredibles came out, and it was like the Fantastic Four movie we always wanted, right? Yeah. I was like, just do it. Just do it. Pixar. Just do it all Pixar style. It's fine. Yeah. You know. 
I mean, I, like I, I, I was thrilled when the MCU became a thing and became such a, a well done phenomenon, but uh, yeah, like w- they can do so, so many wonderful things with animation and the only, like for me, the only barrier in my mind is when we have the live action and the animation, it's easy to make, it's easy to feel like the animated stuff doesn't count. Yes. In air well, quotes. yes, it doesn't, does it? Well, I mean, but it's what if, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know if, if they're going <laughs> to tell me that this is all, if these are all real multiverse worlds that they're doing animated style because they don't have to rely <laughs> on a big budget, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, uh, especially I mean, since they got they they were able to get most of the voice cast. Right. Yeah, uh, and I've also heard you cast. know that Peggy is you know this Captain Carter is going to be showing up more in the What If series. She's already yeah. slated to show up in a season two episode. Right. Um, but that all that being said, I thought the story was bad. I mean, I like the Peggy stuff, but the Steve and and uh, the Hydra uh, Smasher. Yeah, I that loved stuff it. didn't make any sense at all. I loved the Hydra Smasher. Why, what didn't why, make sense? Yeah, why didn't why it make put, sense? Why put Steve in there? If yeah, that's a good question. One person, if the two people who were pushing Steve to be Captain America were both killed at the beginning before Peggy even becomes Captain uh, Carter, why? Why would why would Howard, they put Steve in? Why there? would Howard put Steve in there? Here's why Howard you put Steve in there. Steve. Here's exactly why you put Steve in there because Steve is small enough to fit in there. Oh come on! It's a, no. This is this is back in the day. Sure. Technology's not what it is. They built this big armored they, thing, Matt, and they can only get a little we, dude in there. They got Steve right there. No, no, no. That's this is not an argument in. that works in the Marvel universe. Yes. Guy. No, I mean, you cannot guy, tell me I that Howard Stark could not have made that big enough to fit a normal sized man. I want this one. Okay, Speaking so, for short guys everywhere. That's why Steve was the guy. All right, <laughs> screw you. All right. All so the other thing that totally didn't make any sense is if. If Howard uses the Tesseract to build the suit, then why is Project Pegasus happening in the future at all? They should already have the Tesseract. They should already know what it is. They should already have its full power. There should be uh, no reason for Hawkeye and and Nick Fury to be down in the basement somewhere, you know, where Peggy comes through at the end. Well, I mean, they... I mean, Unless I don't know. They, they, I, mean, I don't know. That's it, not they a, had that. They yeah. had that same. Like, how long was it in that shield basement? We don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, like I think Project Pegasus it, could come Nick, around. Nick for Fury. Any number Nick of Fury. The cat. We know now that Nick. Uh, that uh, that um, uh, Goose. Right. Goose yeah. hawked up the Tesseract on Nick Fury's desk in the nineties. Nineties. Right. So. You know, that thing was in the basement for 30 years, 25 years. But that, but they didn't give Howard it. And I mean, Howard, Howard's the one who, you know, basically took it apart and figured out how to harness its power in, in the what if. Sure. This is I also mean, a comic that's, that's book kind of show the, called What If. That's kind of the thing. So let's, let's, you know, that's kind of the thing with What If in general right. is that, uh, is that, they have these uh they have these like wild uh differences right like what if spider-man marries the black cat or what if uh mary jean becomes venom or whatever the hell that's part of the ride and somehow for some reason so many things still happen just like we remember yeah except for the things that i mean i really really cool and right (laughs) you know you know how you know how red skull had the had the test rack taken away from him and then um uh marandola brought him some you know, he complained about getting stones. 
I really wanted him to bring Hive from Agents of Shield in. Oh, Hive, yeah. I thought that would have been cool since we got we did it, you know, we even though of course Dominic Cooper was Howard Stark in the first Avenger, but you know, it was fun to have him back as Howard. It was. And like I like I love I just love the idea, like, you know, in this reality, there's no winter soldier because Bucky never got captured. Right. All right. And or you know, or they captured him, uh he never fell into the drink, I guess. They they captured him, but she rescued him and yeah. he never fell into the ice. Right. And uh, you know, there's no um there's no Captain America, obviously, but uh there's probably still some sort of shield equivalent, even though Peggy wasn't around to help start it, right? Yeah. Something right. uh, because I, Nick Fury's there, but it's like stuff like yeah. that isn't even really important. The important part, right? Yeah, is it's I mean, what it's there because it's fun, yeah. right? You know? It's what I mean, if, like, like the I joy said, was there, the, the mania was there, you know, like the music, the themes were all there and stuff. And it felt like a what if comic. The Watcher shows yeah. up in the beginning, it was, it was really fast, too. yeah. Uh, that's yeah, that, that that's, was one kind of problem I had with it, too, is that we got Captain America, the first Avenger, a two hour movie crammed into a 30 minute. But that's, yeah. that's what what you're getting is also a, a so problem. It's a, that's a problem with the what if format. Right. Yeah, that's you know, what, and also the 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 um what's his name who becomes who who basically takes over the guy who keeps saying you're lucky to be in the room. Oh right, yeah, right. Uh, Bradley Whitford's character. Yeah, Bradley Whitford, who nobody would know unless they had the DVD and right. I mean, the Blu-ray of Captain America, the first Avenger. Cause that's the he only was thing. On, he was in the Marvel, the Marvel one shot agent Carter one yeah. uh, short film. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fun little nod that he was there. Right. But, uh, yeah, but I also, love that actor. I do. Too. Yeah. Brad, Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. Um, Harv, but yeah, we're going like, to keep moving here just cause we've got a bunch right. of people in line, but it's good to talk to you. I personally, I thought what if delivered exactly what it needed to do. Was it nonsense? Yes, but that's what what if is. What if is fun? What if nonsense? Crams, yeah, I mean, all you know? of these all of these criticisms that Harvey brought up are valid. They're like, valid. It, 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 it's too much, too fast. Yes, that is what if, it, and that's just something that I have forgiven as a fan because I've been reading what if comics since the eighties, right? And so it's like you can e you either get on board with it or you don't, and that's fine. You yeah. Know? Um, Damon Chan, but, I've like, unmuted you because last <sighs> week. Joe Patrick browbeat you into showing up and actually, <laughs> and I thought, oh, I apologize Wow, how are you guys been? It's you been ages. No doubt. How you been, brother? <laughs> Surviving the plague, apparently. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Barely, barely. I haven't right? been on the street as much, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good, though. That's for the best. Indeed. So, yeah, so I decided to call you guys because it's been ages, and uh, I actually got a lot to talk about. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's get into it. Right. So, actually, both about What If and Suicide Squad. Uh, let me start with What If. Um, you know, actually, it, I, I actually loved it. Yeah. There was some animation portions. I heard some people were saying that, you know, definitely the Uncanny Valley type of thing going on there. Uh, definitely remind me of some PS3, like, cutscene graphics from yes. time to time. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. And I know, <laughs> because that, that's like, they started doing some of that rotoscope back in the day. Yep. And it didn't, I mean, like, it was neat. And I remember looking at it going like, is this cool? I think this is cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. We didn't really have a lot of frame of reference back yeah. in the day. Yeah. But, um, got but yeah. got it down but, now. Oh, for sure it does. A PS5, it looks like you're watching a movie right now. Yeah, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, but yeah, but everything was was great. Um, I love the idea of um Captain Carter slash Britain, uh type of like alternate reality. 
They couldn't um, call her Captain Britain, though. You cowards. I, I, I wish they did. Freaking cowards. Yeah. <laughs> you know? but, I mean, it's, the only reason Steve was Captain America is because he had a secret identity. I get it. This is true. Yeah. And she got a literal promotion, I think they said in the show, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. She kind of bullied Bradley Whitford into making her captain. Yeah, exactly. Which Although, is weird. Is she in a like what or what, what organization is she a part of? Does she is she she's obviously not a part of the American British military. military. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, she's, they called her a spy or something. Uh, like intelligence. I guess it's the OSS, right? The yeah. uh, Office yep. of Strategic Service or whatever. Well, the precursor to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Oh, so, yeah. But although I am hopeful that in the future, because this is why I bring up the Captain Britain part. Um, if I remember, wasn't there a like a league of Captain Britain yes. in the comic book? I don't uh, want to talk about it. The Captain Britain Corps, don't get Max started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, it's, a basic, it's basically the Captain Britons from every Earth in the multi yeah, like multiversal are, Captain Britain. Them. Like, there's a you know, like, there's a Captain Britain that's a pelican. There's right. a Captain Britain that's a frog. There's a Captain Britain that's a husky. There's man a magic with a beard. citadel that sits outside time that they all yeah, gather in whole, for meetings. It's a whole deal. And <laughs> yeah. Merlin and all that. The only yeah, reason right. I bring, I bring that up is even better. <laughs> oh God! Well, the only reason I bring that up is that I was almost thinking, like, if she's going to be returning in a few different episodes, could this be a backdoor to the Captain Britain core showing hey. up? Give it to me. I, I'll I'd take be into it. it. I'll take it. You want to do a whole what if about Captain Britain? I'm in. <laughs> like, I'll just take, sure. take Alan Moore's Captain Britain and adapt it. I am down. <laughs> I want yeah, it all. It's, it's been a while since I, I read them, but I remember like enjoying them in a weird, wacky type of way. But uh, I guess we'll yeah, see. Yeah, they, they're they're a little they're a little strange. Yeah, and uh, Suicide Squad. Um, generally speaking, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part, I loved it too. It yeah, did. It, it did exactly what it needed to do. That yep. All it needed to do was be funny. And like, I heard some criticism like, well, I mean, they were all assholes. Yeah. The Suicide Squad are a that's bunch of assholes. That's the whole point. Yeah, they're villains, right? That's, You're not that's, supposed that's to be rooting it. for them. They're bad people. They come in. And they're like, murderers. <laughs> and like, I will say this, you know, I, I will give all credit to James Gunn for pulling, uh, for, for pulling that bait and switch off at the beginning that we all probably should have seen coming. God, it was great. Where it's yeah. like, you know, all of these characters that they've spent two years building up in, in promotions and right. online and stuff. And like 90% of them immediately get dusted. Murdered. Yeah. <laughs> oh which was so, well, and like, I wasn't expecting Captain Boomerang to bite it right away, no. which was, which was interesting. And uh, like, I really wanted to see more of Flula Borg as Javelin because yeah. I love that comedian. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and it's like all American women love the accent. Because yeah, <laughs> we don't got none. <laughs> because we don't got none. Uh, she says in her thickest New York Yeah, that's so good. Uh, yeah. And uh, and like when, like at the end, like, like I was really rooting for Polka that man. I was like, okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, the people that survived the movie were the people that probably should have survived the movie. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fan favorites. Right. You're people, not going to kill Harley. Obviously. The people that, no. that weren't actually bad, you know, you the know rat catcher I mean? too, which yeah, right. sweetest catcher. character. And I love that they kept calling her rat catcher too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if they rat catcher one did anything of note other than just 
like live in Portugal, which I found hilarious. Like they knew about him. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like he was a thing, I guess, and he was her dad. You know, yeah. <laughs> so that's all you need. And they have this like heartwarming, you know, like Disney scene where they're on mm-hmm. the roof and like sitting like rats? a little rat, and he's like, oh, <laughs> they're my sleeping daughter. under a blanket <laughs> of rats, which is disgusting and also <laughs> charming. So I don't cute. understand. Yeah, it was like all these weird little Disney moments that he threw in. Like we got to see Harley Quinn become a Disney princess in yep. this movie. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a like King Shark, of course, everybody loves loved King Shark, oh and uh, that's because King Shark is great. Um, but King Shark uh, making a little doll out of uh, explosives yeah. that looked like the peacemaker, <laughs> and being so proud of it, yeah, was friend. like one of the most touching parts of the entire movie. Yeah, yeah well, peacemaker being the asshole he was, like that doesn't look uh, anything like me, <laughs> right? And it's like, and then so, and then when when uh, when King Shark falls from the top of the building, and mm-hmm. they like gun him down in the street, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah, like, they, like they, I they, thought they, they I thought they were gonna kill him, well, and I was this, like legit upset. The scene before that, and it was it was just they're all driving into town, and King Shark is in the car and like in public, and the whole movie they've been like, no, you can't come with us, you can't be in disguise, you can't go here, and he's just looking, and he's just looking at people talking to each other and hanging out, mm-hmm. and and you just see this like vacant look, like what how do I do that? Like yeah, uh, he's learning how to be friends. There's this part yeah. of me that wants to do it, but I'm I'm a monster. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just touching in that yeah. moment. You're just like, oh my God, this giant shark thing, which let's just take that apart for a minute. One member of the group is a giant CG shark that literally <laughs> eats people. And this is a blockbuster film. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't make a whole lot of money in opening weekend. I'm marking that up to COVID, not necessarily. Yeah, come on. This would have been a huge thing if, yeah. if people were going to the movies. Uh, you know. And Jamie, he did it. This is like he did it with a raccoon and a tree. Yeah. You know? So it's he's like, good at this. Yes. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, like, I, I was house. not at all surprised that King Shark was one of the hearts of the movie. Yeah. You know, and and uh, yeah, I I thought it was it was so good and so um like just the character stuff. You know, like the first movie. Some people like it, and if you like it, that's fine. I don't. Mm. Um. But it's all surface, right? There's no reason to give a shit about any of those characters except right. for maybe Harley Quinn, and that's only because you know you're going to see her again. And uh, in at least they they try to make Deadshot relatable with the father daughter stuff, yep. which if, was a failure in my opinion because Poor Deadshot God. was still an unrepentant asshole for the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, I, I I thought Idris Elba did a better job playing that character as a different character than Will Smith. You know what I mean? Like right. I uh, like I believed it when Idris Elba, this guy that like told his own daughter to fuck off, like literally, yeah, uh, an hour earlier, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, like has this moment of this conscious, uh, this crisis of conscience where he decides to be the good guy. And like, I bought into it. I bought into it. Yeah. And I would not have bought into it for anybody in the first movie. No, absolutely not. And the first movie just suffered from the same thing we talked about in our Suicide Squad comic pushers. So many Suicide Squad comics, like series, just go straight to the gritty, violent, Mm -hmm. dark. Oh, they're, they're not heroes. You know, well, James Gunn took that. This is, that's there without a doubt, but had fun with it. Just yeah. have fun. Like John Cena in the movie, I was a little worried. And John Cena, his performance was he was a petulant big kid. 
that's really good at killing people, you know, yeah. like chronically Agreed. macho <laughs> and just like what a perfect choice to make for <laughs> yeah. that dumb character. You know, I loved it. I am actually curious about the spinoff for that as well, too. I mean, yeah, got to give Cena credit. He plays that role extremely well. Oh, so. my God. Yeah. I, I'll yeah, watch him do does. it all day. I love it. Damon, it is good to talk to you. We got a couple more people to get in here, man. I'm glad you're still alive. Will do. I'll talk to you guys again later. All right, Damon. Take care. Frank Cirillo. It's been too long, baby. How are you? Nom noms. <laughs> nom nom. Yeah. nom nom. All right. Um, well, real quick, I'm gonna go over. Uh, I got. I'm. I'm at my 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 kids' uh, friends' pool party right now. Oh. I'm in the car. I haven't gone in yet. Okay. So I'm gonna make it quick. Um, I love. He's Suicide calling Squad. from the pool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Suicide Squad was amazing. Yeah. Um, I never saw the first one, and don't. I probably won't ever. You don't need yeah, to. Don't yeah. worry about it. You don't need I, to. I I I thought this movie was fantastic. I thought. You know, just the fact that that you had James Gunn helming it and what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. I almost want to say I want James Gunn to helm the entire DCU at this point. <laughs> wouldn't hate I it. think that would be phenomenal. I wouldn't hate okay? it, but I also don't think that James Gunn is the guy. Like, I love James Gunn. I don't want James Gunn to do a Superman movie. I just don't. Uh, well, no, no, but only I, he doesn't have to do the movie. I think he's good at picking the at right actor as like I'm a creative director yes. maybe right I'm fine I mean, with like that. A, yes yeah so all right next like um, a kevin feige kind of yes. yeah exactly exactly but i would hate for him to leave marvel because he's doing such a great job with guardians of the galaxy right. and others but taika watiti man that guy i would he could step in for james gunn any day oh absolutely. Um, yeah absolutely yeah he's fantastic i i loved what if absolutely loved it uh, I thought the story was fantastic. I love the way they did it. And Matt, I a hundred percent agree. Steve Rogers was in that armor because he's a little guy. That's right. And I, I a hundred, they used, listen, listen, my dad was, my dad was in the military in the sixties. Mm-hmm. He was telling me they would pick the smaller guys to be the tank guys because it was a yep. crowded, cramped space. Absolutely. So, that, so it makes, that makes total sense to me. Same with old um, military pilots. Wait. You had to, you would be like under yeah. 130 pounds. You had to be, right. you know, under five, five. Cause like these were little cockpits. Right. Now you're going right. to tr- so cram a guy I, into a giant suit of armor. You're not going to get uh, some muscle bound Marine in there. Right. Steve. To I 100% in there. agree. Steve. Perfect. 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 Um, cannot wait for the rest of what if heard rumors, Peggy Carter, that Haley Atwell may actually be a live action. Captain Carter in, <laughs> in one of the movies. Hey, Possible. It's, that a, it's would a rumor. Be fun. We it's got a, a multiverse yeah, of madness coming up. Don't we? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And uh, so my, I will talk about two things now. Sal Buscema, my, would be my pick. I said, uh, I told yes. you it last week. Yep. And I'll also put in Herb, Herb Trimpey because yes. he's also awesome. Yeah, um, absolutely. Star Trek Lower Decks. Did you guys watch it? I haven't watched nope. it yet. It's back. I, I still haven't, haven't okay. seen season one. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm God. oh man. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll just say, I'll, I'll say this. Um, first episode, first five minutes was fantastic. The episode itself was okay. I wasn't like real kind of like over the moon about it. I was like, oh, this is okay. You know? I have heard lukewarm um, for this season so far. Y- yeah. The, well, it's only one episode. The last. Oh, I thought there was two minute, that dropped already. Sorry. No, there's only one out so far. The last minute of the episode is, is, a, is a hook and, and you got to, so you got to, they got you stay in tune for the rest of it. Fair enough. Um, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and I think it's going to be a good season. I think they're going to, I think, you know, it's like kind of just like first season last year with it it kind of gets off to this kind of weird fan service yeah. start yeah and i think you know and i think it'll go it'll just build from there um but 
I'm going to get going, guys. All right. Go Have to the pool party. Day. Good to talk Frank? to you, Frankie. Right. Yeah, buddy. Have a good one. Jimbo, get in here and close this out, will you? We got to get out of here. We got stuff going on. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there we are. All right. Okay. I don't know what that That's, was. Anyway, so Suicide Squad, excellent. James Gunn is a wrestling whisperer. I don't know. John Cena was hilarious. <laughs> hey, there's plenty of wrestlers that can act, okay? Let's not act like this is weird. The Rock is in every movie, all right? And come on. <laughs> he can act? Yeah. Um, all right, anyway. Um, can you not hear me? No, we can hear you. Oh, weird. You're anyway, done. okay, so uh, question of the week. We're going to go Astro Boy Asuma Tezako. Yes. Uh, he does not get a lot of credit. He's no. kind of the godfather of all current manga that we read. Uh, so that's the question. Let's see. Berserk is coming back in one month. It's supposed to have letters from fans and co-writers in the preface. So we'll that's see how cool. that goes. That's cool. Yep. I've yeah. just accepted I'm never going to get my hardcover berserks that I ordered. They're just not going to come. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, it's pronounced berserk. Berserk. Let's see. Berserk. B-A-Z-E-R-K. Berserk. Berserk. As you guys were noting, for sales, we're doing some July sales. I haven't done those in a while. Tokyo Revengers, 5.5 million units sold, <laughs> which is insane. That is solely based on the anime that's going on right now. It's really good. It's really surprising. Good Lord. Really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I did start it, and I like the anime. The anime is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's yeah. So that's what happens when you have that and you know continuous one stories. Um, let's see. Oh, the big big thing, Bleach is back. The seventy three pages we got last week. All right. In <laughs> I am so excited. It's all oh yours. My God. You can have oh it, God. buddy. <laughs> oh my god! Rising from the grave. It's been five years. I I saw a lot of people freak out about it online yeah. and yeah. it's one oh of those and i actually saw i can't remember who it was maybe patrick gleason it was a comic creator that i follow huh? was like i he was just blown away he's like i just think it's absolutely amazing you know that's been around this long and it's so cool to see people excited about it and it's one of those things that just seems so impenetrable that i'm literally afraid to try it <laughs> Because yeah, there's just fair. so damn much, you know, like yeah. So like the bleach, the bleach manga ended, and then we we thought it was like editor issues or sales. No, it's actually had a giant surgery, so he just waited to finish it, then have the surgery. Oh, so his new his new schedule is whatever he wants it to be. Sure. So we don't know how many chapters we're getting. Like we just got this seventy three page chapter and starts a whole new arc, and we're like, oh my god, our brains are breaking. How old is this creator? Not that you have to be old to have surgery, but how old is this guy? Kaito Kubo, um, he's in his fifties. Okay, so he just had some health thing that that happened. So most, yeah, well, most have like, if you do it that long, um, you're gonna have uh, health issues. Well, sure, Uh, because you're just you're working so much, and usually it's like back. Usually you're having wrist surgery or upper back. Yeah, you got carpal tunnel or scoliosis or something. Yeah, and that's usually how it goes. Um, yeah, so that's that's really like. It's so crazy, and everyone was so surprised by it. Oh, so, so we didn't know? Nobody knew it was coming back? All, all he, so, okay, actually, Taito is 44 years old. That's okay. right. He's really young. I, right. I forgot about that. Okay, so what we knew is that for the, 20, the 20th anniversary, we are getting a new chapter. That's all we knew. Okay. We knew that it was 73 pages, and it's like, oh, 20 years of Bleach, woo! Right. And then, and that, and then when the leak started happening... And people read it, they're like, this can't be a one-shot. This can't be a 
like a how's everyone doing because stuff happens like big stuff happens right and then at the very end it's like to be continued we're like what okay i'll give them mad props because if this were a marvel or dc thing we would have known that it was coming back two and a half years ago yeah <laughs> like and it was fully fleshed out you know because i and i get that too they need retailers to order this shit so we got to get people right. fired up but japan's just like whatever it's bleach it's gonna sell nine million copies who cares so like throw it out there don't tell right. anybody make it a secret let's see what happens yeah, because because the anime is <laughs> coming back to do the last arc which is never adapted for there's various reasons you have to get into right um and and and, and this last arc is very violent a lot it's a lot of people die a lot of characters so like there's characters good continue it's it's just surprising like like a Mar marvel has already announced a resurrection for spider-man when the death has not even occurred yeah yet. so <laughs> oh, that's you know, it's like because his 60th anniversary is coming up next year well, and to be fair it's like nobody thinks they're gonna kill spider -Man no yeah and, we, right. and he might not actually be dying but you right. know like yeah. we we, we knew well in advance that for some reason peter parker would no longer be spider-man and they've sure. already announced that like hey don't get used to it <laughs> sure jim it is good to talk Which to I think you man just hilarious yeah, it's, it's, it's Live on. You guys enjoy your comics that never go anywhere. <laughs> That's fair. That's perfectly fair. <laughs> we're we're stunted. We're stunted, Jim. All right, Jim. We'll talk to you later, man. Bye, Bye baby. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. All right, let's check up on these damn voicemails. Hello, this is Bile from Earth 27 calling with the onomatopoeia of the week. We are experiencing some space-time distortion between the Earth-27 and Earth-Prime dimensions. And I am uncertain whether Onomatopoeia of the Week is currently a feature of your podcast. I have calculated the space-time coordinates for the delivery of this message as accurately as possible. It should arrive sometime between the end of the Donald Trump presidency and the discovery that natural yogurt is one giant sentient hive mind. Your Onomatopoeia of the Week is... Smack! Smack! Is the sound of Jimmy Olsen's girlfriend Lucy being punched in the face by a kangaroo. In issue 61 of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen from DC Comics. Published 1962. I would also like to remind you that the flesh of basking sharks is inedible to humans unless specially treated. That is all. <laughs> Fair enough. Alright. On one of the week. Ball. Smack. Thank you, Paul. That was lovely. Uh, you know what, Matt? Something that came up today, something that's happening today that we did not discuss. Free and comic book made, day. It's free comic book it day. It is free comic book today. day. Uh, if your comic book store was brave enough to have it. Yeah. Man, <laughs> COVID, man. It just... Uh, I, I, ugh. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't want to like if you are <laughs> if you are able to celebrate free comic book day today we hope you do so safely and that you have a good time but right. yeah so many places are like sorry guys we're just not doing it fair enough all right got a voicemail here and i'm not sure who it's from hey dude i'm calling uh because last week you guys were talking about power levels um and there was a comic with the flash from joe casey i think in like the early 2000s or late 90s where you're talking about he cleared a whole city um, in the time that it took for like a nuclear bomb to explode. Right. And it actually reminded me of like one of my favorite comics. And I, I've read that uh, one with the flash. Oh, this is John, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, there was this comic and it, it definitely was uh, in response to that trope of the flash doing that. And it was a comic called whatever happened to the world's fastest man from accent UK. Um, and, uh, it was written by Dave West and Marlene Lowe were on art, was on the art duties there. 
and it's actually one of my favorite comics of all time. And I don't mind spoiling it for you guys because it's going to be really hard to find a copy. Um, but if you do, awesome. Pick it up. It's great. Uh, but it's part of this whole series of, like, gift slash curse or gift and curse. I kind of forget about looking at the book. Uh, but uh, essentially, there is this guy that gets labeled the world's fastest man. But nobody knows who he is. They just see little blips of him. Because what his power actually is, is he can stop time and move around. But, like, to interact with the world, he has to kind of slow down time. The catch is, is when he pauses time for himself, he doesn't stop aging. Um, And so it has this awesome, like, just beautiful and and heart-wrenching tale of, like, you know, he's living his life and all of a sudden, like, he knows a bomb is going off in this city and he's like i need to clear this city and so he clicks his fingers and turns off time and he spends his whole entire life oh my god picking everyone up moving them to a field far outside of town oh my Um, god like he gets like so we're back he ages through the whole thing so like as he's going long it gets harder and he's just like having conversations and he has to like occasionally just like Unblit time for just a second so he can, like, eat and get a hot dog and stuff. And it is just a fascinating comic. So we've been kind of trained and conditioned to, like, accept that certain characters like Superman have, you know, like, in some books, like, you know, he can benchmark the universe and he can do that stuff. And we're, in, you know, for the most part, like, we kind of giggle and laugh. We're like, haha, you know, in this other one, like, he can only leap tall, uh, tall buildings and shit like that. He can't even fly. And, like, you know, for the most part, like, I think a lot of us are pretty cool. Like, us that are fans of Superman are pretty cool about that. Like, we're just, like, going to a story and we're like, yep, yep, that's what he can do in this one. We're totally fine with it. Sure. But for some reason, that doesn't, like, extend to other characters. And, you know, there's other exceptions besides Superman. But, like, all of a sudden, you know, Jubilee, uh, you know, uses their sparkle powers to, I don't know, lift a boat out of a river or something <laughs> weird that we don't normally fucking see. We'd be like, what the hell? What the fuck? Jubilee can't. And we'll talk about it for goddamn years. Like, we won't ever shut up about that thing. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, I just, uh, do you guys find that to be true? I don't think Superman is an exception to that rule because like, no, I think that he's right. I I think that with Superman, uh, I think that with Superman, uh, except for in rare cases when they've tried to redefine him, uh, creators stop short of uh, trying to quantify his limits. And that's because he's Superman and Superman needs to be able to do what Superman needs to do. Um, it's different when you have a character like the flash where they have spent literally the entire existence of the character trying to define what his powers are and can do for sure. And I agree with limits, but I think he's talking about like when like the powers are used to just do something completely bizarre, like super ventriloquism. I mean, he's uh, like the Jubilee example is, is obviously comedic but like it's like the like the flash the it's like the flash running at a million billion miles an hour to evacuate north korea sure like yes the flash is fast but is he that fast can he travel that fast without like accidentally hurling himself into the time stream right you know and and if you look at if you look at comics up until that point the answer is no it's just it happened because the story dictated it of course and so, like, he's right in that, like, we will spend all kinds of time debating whether or not Batman 
could come up with a viable plan to punch Darkseid in the face in just the right spot that he knocks him out. <laughs> yeah. Whereas we won't argue with Superman doing something so ridiculous because he's Superman. I suppose that's... You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like... Uh, um. I bring it up a lot on the show. One of my favorite Superman moments is from Grant Morrison's JLA. And it's not even like the real Superman. It's electric blue Superman where Superman is like doubting his place. Am I still Superman? Am I still the hero that people need me to be? Right. And, you know, he's expressed these doubts in front of like Kyle Rayner, who is at that time, just like I lucked into being a superhero guy. And when you, when Superman talks to me about doubting himself, and then he leaves our moon base and wrestles an angel. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, Superman? You're good, okay? <laughs> you're like, you're fine. Um, and 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 so yeah, I I think that John is right in that we do we do kind of uh we don't extend that same kind of suspension of disbelief we apply to Superman usually to characters that um, might also deserve it just because it's cool, right? It, like, it's fun to have the Flash evacuate North Korea. It's cool. It's fun to see Batman punch out Darkseid. Is it something that should probably happen? No, but right. it's fun. Right. It's fun. Yeah. No, I'm with you. All right, let's get to our answers. Question of the week. We heard a couple good ones. Sal Bushima yeah. is a good one. Uh, so trippy, I'll, good I'll one. just get into mine. I'll, I'll get into mine uh, because Frank, took my answer but i'm not changing it my answer uh, to me there is no modern creator uh at marvel that deserves more recognition uh than sal buscema like um i worded that way weird but there's no yeah, there's really no did. former there's no former creator in my mind that deserves wider recognition than sal because you know everybody talks about mcfarlane redefining super uh, uh, spider-man for the late 80s and 90s and that's true mcfarlane's run is very short it, you know yeah. it's it's like 20 issues it's 25 issues it is a blip yeah and uh and then mark bakley come or eric larson for one comes in and does another two or three years and then mark bakley comes in and the dude is still fucking drawing spider-man yeah <laughs> so yeah mcfarland yes yeah, spaghetti webbing big eyes yeah okay he did it um but to me sal buscema defined what spider-man looked like throughout the 80s and 90s to me like the traditional totally interpretation of spider-man and not enough of like, I don't know anybody that's like, oh, Sal Buscema, I don't like that guy's art. No. Everybody loves Sal Buscema. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And, if like, you don't like Sal Buscema art, chances are you don't like comic book art. Sure. Because like, and, that's, know, that's how a, quintessential that's very, he is, though. I mean. That's a very broad, bold statement, but, you know, I'll stick by it. Like, the Clone Saga, right? Everybody laughs at the Clone Saga, and yes, it's funny. The Clone Saga, it was a ridiculous experiment that oh. went on for way too long, blah, blah, blah. Sal Buscema drew a huge chunk of the clone saga because he was still drawing spectacular Spider-Man at the time. They got Bill motherfucking Sienkiewicz to come in and ink Sal Buscema during the clone saga. Isn't that wild? Have you like, if you look at the art, they've got to be buddies. It's got to be a buddy thing. I don't think be, so. Right? I, well, I mean, they, they might be buddies, it's but I don't, be. like, like it's, it's work for hire. Like Mar like Sal, it's not like Bill Sienkiewicz was like, yeah, clone saga, sign me up. You know, it, but if you look at that art, like you can find black and white, like you can find original art online from Sal Buscema and Bill Sienkiewicz issues of the Clone Saga. And it is glorious. It's wonderfully weird and bizarre with Buscema's insane inking. And like 
nobody talks about that shit. Nobody yep. talks about it. They just make fun of the clone saga because it's an easy target and I get it. But yeah, Sabi Shima for me is like the one creator uh, that I think made a huge contribution to the look of Marvel comics for decades and he, and people don't talk about him. Fair enough. Uh, he stole one of the ones I was going to say, and that's Herb Trimpey without a doubt. Nobody knows the name Herb Trimpey. And that is stupid because comic fans know Herb, Herb Trimpey, but Trimpey yeah. created Wolverine. <laughs> okay. Herb and Trimpey people, co-created Wolverine. Yes. People don't uh, know that. <laughs> well, that, that's okay. Stupid. We can, we can split hairs here. John Romita senior actually designed Wolverine, but, uh, but yeah, he Herb Trimpey drew Wolverine's first yes. appearance. It's it's true. Yeah. And uh, like he he defined he had a huge defining run on the Hulk in the mid 70s and totally. yeah. Herb and, Trimpey was also one of those artists that like had a style. No question, had a style, but could also gently massage his style to look sort of like this hot guy or this hot guy and come yeah, on to come onto a comic and fill in seamlessly. Yeah seamlessly we, we 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 talked about him uh, a couple of episodes ago where um you know he was a he was a, an older guy by the time the 90s rolled around right. and he was still working though and he started in his own way um aping rob liefeld yeah you know he he came up with the herb trimpy take on rob liefeld he was told to that was what and, was and <laughs> and it got him work it yeah. put food on the table he drew some uh, weird ass looking issues of guardians of the galaxy at the time uh and uh, it like it's it's strange it's strange looking art and people from the generation after us that came up on 90s comics instead of 80s comics fucking love it yeah they love it and like and these are the people that like they capital L love Rob Liefeld well, without any sort of like qualification. Let's go back to Herb Trimpey. So, I'm just saying like, I, I'm, I'm saying like uh, an entirely new generation of fans discovered the work of Herb Trimpey because he right. was um, doing what he had to do to stay relevant in the industry. But again, here we are now and 20 years later. He didn't even like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, it I was a job. It, it was a job. It, it paid the rent. Right. But right. like here, we, here we are 25 years later or, or however many years later. And like, you don't really hear people outside of like old comic heads really talking about. Right. And if you go and if you like listen to interviews with guys like Roy Thomas and John Romita Sr. and stuff like that, they will tell you Herb Trimpey did not miss deadlines. He got his stuff in. He cranked stuff out. He was like a working man, working artist. You know, the guy was man. I love Herb Trimpey. I love it. I mean, he's he's from a generation of guys that were probably in the comics industry because it was a good job that they could oh, do. Oh, sure. Well. I mean, when he started, Not he was, because they grew up loving comics no, and wanted to be in He comics. was drawing like Kid Colt and stuff back in the day when Western comics were flying off the shelves still, <laughs> you know? So... Yeah, Herb Trimpey. I, I think the guy just... I don't know if you're thinking of John Severin or not, but John Severin is another guy that I think that is right along those lines as a guy that started off as this Western artist, did a bunch of superhero work, yeah. came back in his twilight years and drew some amazing comics and yeah. then died. And nobody talks about John, John Severin. John Severin is another name. Yeah, there's yeah. so many of these stories. It, it just, ugh, it's heartbreaking, but I wish they were more famous. Like, I, I just, I, I wish that, and it's not that like people like us, like longtime comic fans don't recognize them, but it's like, 
they're not talk they're not spoken about in the same breath as yes. like Todd McFarlane or Rob Liefeld or right. Steve McNiven or who or whomever. Or Jack Kirby or Stan Lee, you know? I yeah, mean stuff like right. that. People just assume and, Stan Lee invented Wolverine. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like he made them all, right? Yeah, it's and like Stan, Stan Lee presents. Stan Lee presents, right? He presents Wolverine. To be yeah. perfectly fair, Stan Lee probably told a bunch of people that. So <laughs> who knows? All right. It's new question. Good, it was a week. good question. It was a good question, Toots. Thank you. Let's set up a new question of the week. What do we got? All right. We got a new question of the week here from Ryan Hebrews Mount. He sent this to us via Twitter. He wanted to talk about one hit wonders. There are certain creators who have had one magical run and then they never fully captured that magic again. Uh, these are writers or artists or writer artists. And, and so we're talking about creators who have like a celebrated run on that one thing. Yep. And then anything else you've checked out from them since has been like, I fine. instantly have mine. It, it, I've got it. It jumped into my head, and there's no other answer for it. So I've, I've, I mean, I, I have uh, I have one that jumped into my mind as well, but I don't know if I really celebrate that big that big one run anymore either. So fair enough. We'll talk about it next week right here on the show this Wednesday. We've got another comic long box. Pardon me got another cosmic long box episode coming we're going to investigate the movie suicide squad characters in the pages of comics but not suicide squad issues it's going to be their appearances in other dc comics and we're going to compare contrast laugh live love all that it's gonna be great yeah we're gonna eat pray love all the yeah, way through this week no cussing no fussing and whatever no <laughs> yeah. we'll do it next wednesday and then we'll be back next saturday to play with you nerds again right here on cover to cover but for now my name's matt bomb my name's joe patrick and this is the two-headed nerd signing off